Hi there, this is Clark Buckner, and you're listening to Circleback's bonus series, A New Stage. And this is the final episode. So far, we've heard from Kix Brooks, John Rich, Michael W. Smith, Cliff Goldmacher, and in just a moment, our guest host, NFL Hall of Fame Tennessee Titan running back Eddie George, welcomes to the show, Eli Manning. We hope you've enjoyed this short-run series with Eddie George, as he's been circling back with some of his friends and ours, hearing how they went to a new stage, and some of the lessons entrepreneurs can apply today. This show is a production of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, also known as the EC. We're a 501c3 nonprofit right here in Music City, on a mission to make Nashville the best place in the country to start and grow a business. To learn more about how to get connected and be part of our thriving entrepreneurial community, visit ec.co. And now, Eddie George and Eli Manning. Hey, uh, Eli, first of all, thank you for taking the time to spend with me um, to do this podcast. This is really about uh, a new stage, uh, something that I'm familiar with, uh, making the transition from professional football to the things I'm doing now in life, um, from entrepreneurship, uh, my entertainment life, now a head coach. Um, I've gone on to interview various personalities like yourself about what does this new stage mean for them. Uh, but briefly, you know, just just talk about who you are. Um, you're you're clearly a Hall of Famer, soon to be Hall of Famer. Knock on wood, you know. I pray that that happens. I know it will happen for you. But uh, if you could just kind of talk about your your athletic career, bullet point that, and and talk about the lessons that you've learned and how you're making the transition into what you're doing now. Well, thank you so much, uh, Coach George. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that sounds gotta, good. I, I got to get used to saying <laughs> that. Uh, but you know, excited about your new transition and mm-hmm. your your new job here at Tennessee State. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a fun journey for me growing up in New Orleans and and being kind of a a family of football where my dad played for the Saints for 14 years, and uh, my two brothers, Peyton and Cooper, played uh, football. Peyton went on to play at Tennessee and go have a you know, long... Uh, I'm very familiar and, with and, your yeah, brother. You know, he you know, he t- beat us Tennessee, in 1996. Tennessee, uh, Titans and Colts, you yeah. know, a, lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of games. And, yeah, you know him from college where Tennessee played mm-hmm. Ohio State. So y'all, y'all have uh, competed many, many times together. But, um, you know, I played, played high school football there in New Orleans, went to Ole Miss, uh, where I had a you know uh, a wonderful time and great career, and then just retired uh, this past year after 16 years playing quarterback for the Giants, and um, you know just uh, so many great memories of, of football, and and just uh, so privileged to have had that opportunity to play this sport, and you know opportunities it's uh, granted me uh, during my time playing and and after, and so I've been tired retired for over a year now. Um, and really, when I did retire, I said, you know what, I'm going to sit out for a full year. I'm not going to make any decisions. I'm not going to just jump into something. I said, I don't, you know, the, the worst mistake I can make at this point in my life is all of a sudden you retire and I'm going to jump into doing something that I don't really know if I want to do. And, you know, that could be the, you know, I, I, you know, three months into it, I'm being like, this was a bad idea. Yep. So I said, I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to sit out. I'm going to enjoy being with my family and and to see kind of what all the different opportunities that might come up and then eventually make some decisions on, on what I really do. And it's kind of led me uh, to, you know, the reason I'm here at Tennessee State, getting to interview you for mm-hmm. uh, one of my shows I'm doing 
for ESPN Plus called Eli's Places, where I'm doing a history of college yes. football. Yes. Uh, this fall, I'm going to team up with Peyton and do a little Monday night uh, kind of alternative way to watch Monday night football for ESPN. So um, I thought I might get outside the football, but it's it's it sucked it me back it in. It sucks you back in. You know, it's what we know though. If you're around, if you do it your whole life, and all of a sudden you, you think you want to do other things, and there's some businesses you kind of look at to it, and I realize, you know what? I really don't like crunching numbers. I really, right. don't, you know, I really don't want to read this whole spreadsheet. Uh, if you, you want to talk football, hey, I'm happy to talk football though. You know, it's funny you say that um, because when I when I stopped playing ball i i jumped right in to like okay what's next because i was a busybody. i was like man you know i played nine years and it was fast and furious and i had a lot of energy i missed the locker room i missed the smell of the popcorn i missed the roar of the crowd and i said i gotta do something because i i fell into a bit of depression after the game it was like it felt like that persona died when I stopped playing ball, sure, because there was there was no more of that, um, and it was funny you, when you when you said you gave yourself the time, you gave yourself the space, a year not to do anything, just to let it come to you. Talk about that a little bit more, because some yeah. players they get lost in that transition. Sure, I mean I, I think it it was helpful. Um, you know, also I retired. I was forty years old. I had you know four kids that are ten and under, and I had a lot going on. Uh, I think also the fact that there was a pan in the middle of a pandemic, and there wasn't a whole lot of things to do. You couldn't travel. You couldn't just you know go do a, a lot of things. You weren't allowed to attend a football game or, or get involved uh, with the Giants or do anything there. So I think it. Um, you know, originally, kind of a, a basically a month after I announced my retirement. All of a sudden, you know, pandemic hits. I'm coaching. I, I'm, I'm teaching third grade math mm. to my daughter, uh -oh. and we got four kids at home. You know, trying to do uh, online schooling, and I'm doing you know rhombuses and trapezoids, <laughs> and you know, I, you know, I, I was, you have to relearn all oh, that. Oh my stuff? goodness! Yeah. <laughs> right, you realize you know, there's some things you know, you know, adding, multiplication, law and division. Those things you use a little bit. I haven't used a trapezoid or you know, or a quadrilateral mm -hmm. in a long time, and so you know, I think. Uh, you know, you try to enjoy those moments and just try to make the best of just everybody together, everybody kind of stuck inside and, mm -hmm. hey, let's go for some bike rides or let's, you know, creating family time. And so, um, but I think that was also helpful in me just saying, hey, I got to just, I, I need some time off. I've been, I've been grinding at this football thing for the last 20 years, um, you know, plus from college to the NFL I just need a year, a year off, and to you know, I was fortunate enough where I didn't have to jump right into something or make a decision. Um, I could just, I could take that time and and do some research and and have a lot of phone calls with people and see if I wanted to jump into business things, see if I wanted to get into coaching at some way. I got to coach three of my girls' uh, basketball teams oh, wow. uh, this winter, coaching all all three teams. Uh, coach from softball, so I, I'd never, you know, I, I had missed a lot of their games and events over the years, and so to be all in on those things, I said, let me enjoy this, let me see if I like it, uh, I like some of it and don't like some of it. I, I, I learned, you know, fourth grade girls do not listen all that well. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, yeah, well, uh, neither do eighteen year old boys. Yeah, and I'm twenty sure year old I'm men. I'm sure right? it's just as frustrating right, at times, right. but. Um, you know, so I think I I just said, you know, I think this is the best thing for me to do is just, you know, be with my family, uh, explore things, mm -hmm. talk to people, try to learn 
really what other interests there are. Are there other interests besides football? Are mm-hmm. there, or, you know, I got to, you know, try some things out before I just jump into something, uh, and I just don't want to make a mistake. Did you find it at all difficult to move away from the game of football, emotionally speaking, spiritually speaking, yeah, at the I mean, core? I, I think, I think um, you know, of just having played for as long as I did, you, you see a lot of people retire. You see a lot of people leave football I think I was fortunate in kind of where it was, it was my decision to leave. I think a lot of time in football, you get retired rather than you make the yes. choice to retire. And those people that kind of want to play and then no one's calling them to you know, ask them to play struggle with it, right? That's when they're, they're watching the games or saying, look at this guy. This guy's playing right guard. He can't block anyone. I could do better than that. I should, be, I should be out there playing. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was content. I said, you know what, 16 years – my body's, you know, hurting. I don't. I, I just don't think I have the same passion I did, you know, the year before to go out there. And I was gonna have to, you know, leave New Jersey where I, you know, raised my family, been there for 16 years. I was at to find a new team. I said, am I really gonna be able to pop to a new team and, and compete for a championship? The odds are probably not in my favor. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm gonna hang it up and and um and, and just look for that next you know adventure so i was at peace with it i could watch games i could watch the giants games on tv and root for them and watch college football and i was i was totally at peace and 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 it was easy for me to kind of transition into just a fan instead mm-hmm. of a player now who have been some of your biggest influences you mentioned your brothers uh cooper and peyton and of course your father who's an extraordinary man um, who has been some of your biggest influences now that you're making that transition into your next life? You know, I, uh, you know, I've looked at a lot of people. Obviously, you know, have, having my brother kind of, you know, have a very similar path, and to, for him to, you know, played for you know 18 years to, you know, he's been retired five years more than me to kind of watch what he's done, what you know, talk to him about. Um, you know, kind of how he dealt with that time, you know, how he decided to jump in certain things or get involved. You know, I've talked to some other, uh, you know, former players, whether it's like Joe Montana, who's kind of gone into the business side and he's doing the venture capitalist, you know, kind of route and just talked to him about, you know, how he got into that. Is that something he's always interested in? Was it how did, how did he decide kind of a new path in a, in a totally different business to jump into those things? Uh, my dad, you know, the fact that he played and all of a sudden had to figure out, you know, what he was going to do after retirement. And he tried different things from a stockbroker to owning mm. businesses to, you know, doing public speaking and kind of traveling around and still, you know, traveling around doing talks. So I think, he, you know, just tried to talk to all those people, ask them questions and just kind of figure out, you know, um, you know how they made those decisions and, and to think about, um, you know, just the different, you know, different things that I that I wanted to pursue. And I think that's it. You got to kind of find uh, your other passions yes. or, or find, you know, football. I love the grind of working at football. I love, mm-hmm. you know, the workouts or watching mm-hmm. film or breaking down film or coming up plays. I love that. I said, how do I find another job or another occupation or another business where I enjoy the grind of putting in that work? Mm-hmm. You mentioned business. Um, you are clearly a two-time uh, uh World champions and winning a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Um, you are an entrepreneur. You're going to be a TV host. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a young entrepreneur uh, looking to find their path? Based off of, you know, a year out, now that you're making that transition, what kind of advice would you give to someone? In that, in that, in that, in that you know what? I, I would think uh, I've been fortunate enough to have 
um, to have great mentors, whether it's my parents, whether it's you know, Peyton, my, my coaches at all levers from high school to college and the NFL, Tom Coughlin, David mm-hmm. Cutcliffe at Duke, my high school basketball coach, Billy Fitzgerald. Um, and I think, I think you always need mentors. I think you always need a coach in your life, you know, kind of just helping you through. Don't ever think you can do it all by yourself because right. there's going to be things uh, you're not prepared for. There's mm-hmm. going to be mistakes made and mm-hmm. you need someone just to have someone there to talk you through things, to learn from. And I think you can't, you can't rush that success. You can't, you know, assume you have all the answers before you've kind of made a lot of those mistakes. And so I just encourage people to uh, find that mentor, uh, to, to, you know, be, be okay, you know, being behind someone and watching how they do things. And, you know, don't take on all those challenges and take on kind of that risk if you're starting a own business or whatever you may be doing until you know you're you're really ready and and I think that's that's a hard thing to know but I think just um, uh, trying to you know keep those mentors in your life no no question um, one of our pillars um, or my personal pillars is 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 that is having a social pillar where I'm bringing in the right people and pruning out all the wrong people and um, sometimes you have the hard lessons that you might think that person was right for you in the sure. business sense, and you kind of get burned. But sometimes those those are the best lessons to learn. You now have uh, discernment in terms of that. You now have that wisdom to say, um, this person might not have my best interest in mind, and it doesn't align with my core values and where I'm trying to go. And your knit circle might only be two or three people that sure. you truly rely on. You yeah. know, the the... For me, leaner is better. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think in that circle, I think what I've learned, is, you know, sometimes you keep people because they tell you what you want to hear and, mm-hmm. and you like that. But it's more important to kind of have that people, that person in your in your circle that's willing to tell you what you need to hear mm-hmm. and give you those hard truths. Yes. And, you know, to be demanding of you and tough on you. That's more important than the, the person that's pumping you up or blaming everybody else for your faults. That's where you get in trouble. Have you uh, made, I guess, the adjustment from taking your lessons from playing football into your business life now, now that you have your show and what you're doing? And what are those specific lessons that what kind of example you can give me? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just a preparation stand, mm. you know, standpoint of it. I think that's what I've learned most from my time, whether it's in college and through the NFL. And, and Tom Coughlin, uh, he, he harped on on preparation, 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 and, you know, and just uh, the importance of that. And, um, you know, that's what he, you know, that's what he wanted. He wanted guys, you had to be five minutes early. Uh, he wanted guys to prepare and guys that were passionate about their job. And, and I think I, I hit those, those three things. And, uh, so we were fine. We got along just well. And so I think I've kind of do that to the same as I'm doing a show for ESPN or I'm doing a, an interview for, for my college, you know, football show in the history of college football called Eli's Places. And so I think when I, you know, have a, a topic, I want to, I want to go in there prepared about who I'm interviewing, what's their past, what's the, you know, what are they doing now? What's the history of, of where they've been? 
And so, um, you know, I'm looking for, I'm doing research on myself and they have the team that kind of sends you a, you know, kind of a clips of all the research, whether it's you're reading notes, you're reading, you're watching, you know, a little highlight film. And so it's just, you know, uh, I think the worst feeling in the world, um, it would be going into something when you're unprepared. And I I don't, I don't, I try not to ever had, I don't think I ever had it going into a football game. I might not have played well, but I was prepared. I'd put in the work and I felt, always felt we had a great chance to be successful during that game. And, uh, um, and so I try to do the same with this work is just, you know, be as prepared as possible. Um, and, 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 you know, things should work out. It reminds me of the 12 P's. Piss poor preparation promotes piss poor performance. Piss poor performance <laughs> promotes pain. You that's know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the twelve P's. It, 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 you know, everything that you've touched and done that that same philosophy. You know, breeds much success. So talk about you know your ESPN Plus show, Eli's Places. Your brother's show has been a tremendous success. I have no doubt this is going to be successful. How did it all come about? You know, just it really just started with Peyton. He was doing Peyton's places, kind of a history of the NFL, and when it was the hundredth year of the NFL a few years back, and so he started it. And with that, he said, you know, he was going to uh, kind of branch out and do some other. Uh, places and do one around soccer and do one around basketball and do run around you know, baseball and ultimate fighting. And so uh, there's other people out there filming right now and those things will start coming out um, kind of in, in the fall. The, my, my, my places will come out in the fall. And so he asked if I would take on college football. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about it for a while. And again, it was kind of the first thing that I had committed to since since retiring. And I thought, I said, this is, you know, I, you know, uh, I said, this is something, you know, I'm interested in. I know a little bit about it, having played it and just being a historian of college football and watched it my whole life and having my dad played and, and talking to him and hearing stories. But, um, and it just sound, you know, interesting to me. And, you know, I, I've learned so much mm. kind of in my preparation to do this show of, <laughs> The history of college football and the fact that it started, you know, Rutgers, Princeton, 1869, and you know, whereas you know, started over some cannons that were being stolen between <laughs> those two teams, and they, you know, played this game. It wasn't, it wasn't soccer, it wasn't rugby. It was just kind of football, but it wasn't football as we right. know it. And then the, how it, how it grew between the Ivy Leagues and Harvard and Yale, and and just kind of grew into the game and. Um, you know, and then kind of learning, you know, about the uh, HBCUs and its history and the glory days, kind of the 60s and 70s and the, um, you know, everything that went on with that and the civil rights. So there's so mm. much history uh, in, in the game of football and college football, and it's had such an impact on so many people's lives that, um, you know, it's been it's been so much fun and joyful for me. And, and I, you know, it's it's been exciting for me personally to kind of find something else that I can put in the effort and I can grind on yes. a little bit and do that preparation. And you enjoy it. And I enjoy it. And you it. have and a great fun. passion about it. Exactly. I mean, just to see the smile on your face and talking about the college football, the history, uh, being able to go to various places and learn and grow, evolve. Hey, man, you're going to be a tremendous success in this. I'm jealous. I'm like, gosh, dude, that seems like the ultimate job. No, you got the ultimate job. <laughs> well, you're coaching. You're, you you're, know, you're affecting people's lives. You're, you got young young men that are coming here with that opportunity to grow, and you can change yeah. their lives for the better. And I think that's always e- Eli, such a tremendous it, opportunity. It, and it's it's been it's been fulfilling. I never thought in a million years that I would coach. I 
pushed it away like the Heisman. Like, you know, I don't <laughs> want any... Once I left the game, I said, listen, let me go into acting. Let me go into entrepreneurship. I got my master's in business at Kellogg. I started my wealth management business. I've uh, been acting. You know, I've been doing so many things philanthropically here in town. Just wanted to just step away from the game and not be known as a football player. But just like you said, some way or another, it just sucks you back in. Yep. And here I find myself, man, on the on the verge of coaching my first game with a headset on, talking about let's go for it on fourth down at my own one. You yeah. know, something like that. It is and it's crazy. But I I realize now, um, when I look at these kids and I, I can see the fire in their eyes. And I can see the um, the willingness to do good and to please and to and to go out. It, it's such a great feeling to see them getting it and taking ownership and all of that. It's it's been awesome. Um, and and all of my life, I've been able to since I've stopped playing has led me to this moment. And coaching is a calling, you know. Uh, much like yourself, you coached your daughter's teams. Coach, yeah. Coach. What, what have you learned about that? Is coaching in your future? Uh, uh, it, it's not coaching, uh, you know, fifth grade girls uh, <laughs> basketball team. It's you know what it, it was. I enjoyed all of it. Uh, joking aside, just because I think as kid is you know with your own kids, you don't get to see them in school interact. You don't get to see them how they deal with teachers or how they deal with kind of uh, the ups and downs that a classroom might go. And to you know, and a lot of times you don't see that in sports. You don't get to see all their practices and right. how they handle different things. And so get to get to kind of see that in person. Uh, this year and, de- you know, in dealing with the defeats and the losses and the missed shots and the ups and downs and just, you know, their different personalities of mm. all of them and how they handled that was so rewarding. But uh, you also learned that, yeah, you, you know, uh, we, we had one play. We had one basketball play and it wasn't that complex, but they could not get it. You know, you, you had <laughs> this you one play. Yeah, <laughs> you would have had to do it a thousand times. I mean, and you mm-hmm. know, you draw it. I mean, you know, we have a timeout, and you draw them up. You know, hey, Susie, you stand right here in the foul line, and then they go out there, and she's, you know, on, under the goal. Just and you're like, what did we just, you know, what did we just talk about? And but you know, it's it, it tests your patience a little bit. Mm-hmm. You try to just have a personality, you know, a fun attitude with it, the smile, yes. keep them happy, yes. make sure they're having fun, enjoying it. You know, I'm not the dad that's like yelling at the ref and yelling, yeah, hey, you know, you're doing something wrong. I'm very laid back with it, but just, um, you know, it was it was fun. But, you know, I, I, I've seen the coaching life. I've seen, you know, from, from the college coaches, the NFL coaches, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind, and mm-hmm. I'm just not ready for that, that type of grind yet. Yeah, it, it, it almost appears that it's getting you ready in some capacities. <laughs> Don't be surprised if you'll be walking on some NFL team sidelines or in the front office somewhere because you, you have an exceptional uh, leadership ability, man. You're, you're very gifted in that regard. Um, so in, in terms of all the things that you're doing, father, entrepreneur, TV host, balance. How do you prioritize your time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You should talk to my wife about that and see, <laughs> see how, the, how she yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, thinks I'm balancing it. She would mm-hmm. probably have a different opinion than me. I, I think it, you know, it, it's, it's obviously um, you know, my family. And you know, I think the fact that also this past year and a half during the pandemic when you, I was retired and home, 
they, she's gotten used to that, and she likes it. And, and, and so now all of a sudden I am starting to do more work and traveling around and away a little bit more and doing some stuff with the Giants and, you know, have some shows coming up and preparation and moving mm-hmm. around. So, um, you know, it's being tested a little bit, and so I think it's just, you know, and then you're personal. I love to play golf, and I love, you know, have yes. friends, and I want to, you know, all the things I never got to do because you're playing or you couldn't travel or go to certain places. You want to kind of catch up on some of those things, mm-hmm. and so... I think a lot of it's just, you know, having great open communication uh, with, with your family, with your wife, with everybody that you're about to maybe get into a business with and truly asking the questions of time commitment of, you know, how much time is this going to take of me? How much time am I willing to commit to this? And so I think it's just with all aspects, you have an honest uh, open communication about the responsibilities, about what's expected of you. And, and I think that's where, um, you know, you can make sure you don't get in, committed into something that you're truly not um, willing to kind of go out for. Mm-hmm. And so, you, and, and, and is it going to take away from my family time? Is it going to take away from me being a father or take away from me being able to coach any of my, my kids' teams? And so I think you got to weigh all those options and mm-hmm. find out what truly you know, keeps you, is, you know, makes you happy and is what's best for your family as you make these decisions. Now, you've spent some time in Nashville, not a lot. You mentioned that your lovely wife is from Nashville, uh, went to Brentwood Academy. Um, what do you think about the entrepreneurship here, specifically in the Nashville area? I know that you have involved with uh, the Graduate Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 been amazing to see since I started dating, you know, my wife um, in 2001 is when mm-hmm. we started dating. She went to Ole Miss with me, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you know, basically coming to Nashville 20 years ago uh, for the first time and seeing it and, and seeing it this week when I've been here is, is it's unbelievable how it's changed. I, mm-hmm. You know, back then there was maybe two restaurants you had options to go to, and now, you know, there's there's hundreds and just the scene downtown and all the surrounding towns that are being built up, and so. Like you said, um, my oldest brother works for, uh, Coop. for yeah, he he works for <laughs> AJ Capital, which is the graduate hotels, and they go around college towns and and uh, and build these boutique hotels, very centered around the colleges. And so uh, I've got involved in, with them and invested with them. Stayed at the the graduate here in Nashville. Great hotel, uh, that's, brother, uh, great uh, brand. Yeah, very cool. And so. Uh, you know, it's fun. I think it's fun to, uh, again, when you, you know, for me, when you know, find these companies or investing in companies, I think you want it to make it something where it, it matches your lifestyle and it's something you use or you mm-hmm. believe in or that uh, it truly makes sense to you. It's something that you would be proud to wear a hat uh, of it or you'd be proud to tell someone you're an investor of and, and you know, hey, I want to stay at one of those hel- hotels when I come to town. Mm-hmm. You're not like, hey, I'm investing in this. I'd never use it, but it makes me money, so I'm not going to you know, that's not what you want. You want something that you, you know, it kind of matches up with your lifestyle and your, and your way of thinking and your, um, you know, just the, the things you believe in. Good. Hey, man, I just want to thank you for your time. I appreciate you. I know you're a very busy man. You're going all over the country doing cool stuff. <laughs> I just want to end with this one question for you. Um, there is one person in history, dead or alive, that you can have dinner and a conversation with for one hour. Who would it be? I think I think it's uh, Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. I think just uh, the the things that 
he had to go through as president where his, you know, he's president of a country that they are at war. I mean, they're at a civil war and just, you know, the stresses, the decision making, the leadership, the handling of that situation. You can't, I just can't imagine just, you know, uh, you know, how information was, was, you know, gotten to him. How do you make decisions by the time you get information? It's been five days or two weeks. Yes. Like, I mean, you know, it's not a cell phone, it's not news. And, and you're trying to lead a country that's so divided and, uh, just the, the the power of the will and and the um, you know just dedication and leadership from him. I just love to pick his brain on on that you know that time and such a mm. um, you know had such an impact on the future of this country. Man, well, thank you. Great answer. <laughs> you think that came right that, off the. You must be uh, doing some research on Abe. Huh? <laughs> I've read some read some stories and read some books on him and in that time and just it's just fascinating. Outstanding. But coach, uh, good luck to you. This, thank you. This upcoming season, you know. I can say go Big Blue. That's right, go you, Big you Blue. You won't know if I'm talking about the Giants <laughs> or, or, or Tennessee State. So uh, it'll be for both of them. I'll be rooting for you and, and, you. and the team and, and wish you all the all success this year. Thank you, Eli. God bless you, man. God bless. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us on this special mini-series right here on Circle Back. These five episodes for a new stage are a production of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. You heard Eli talk about the importance of mentors in his career, and we couldn't agree more with the critical role they play in increasing your probability of success. That's why we have over 140 advisors who are regularly volunteering their time to support the founders we serve. To learn more about how to get connected to this advisor network and many other critical resources, we'd love to hear from you. Visit ec.co. And be sure to subscribe to all of our shows at ec.co slash podcasts. Stay tuned, because before you know it, we'll be returning with Season 2 of Circle Back.